Welcome to this episode of the Market Authority Show. Today, I want to extend a special welcome to the newest members of the Market Authority Academy. We have Christy ACS in Arizona and Mark Yankovic in Alaska. I'm really excited to welcome you both to the Academy, and I am so pumped to celebrate all the successes that are sure to follow. Today on the Market Authority Show, I chat with Alicia Simpkins, a realtor with Keller Williams in Chico, California, and a Market Authority Academy alum. In 2020, she will close around 85 transactions as a single agent, like wow, and while balancing family life and chasing her goals of becoming a motivational speaker. Alicia and I instantly connected when she first applied for the Market Authority Academy, and it's been really a joy getting to know her over the last several months. She has overcome a lot of struggles in her time in real estate. She has been an agent for about 14 years, and over that period of time, she's built a very successful business. Uh, She's never in the last 10 years, I believe she says in the episode, closed less than 75 transactions in a year. And to be a wife and a mother and handling that amount of work as a single agent is nothing short of exceptional. However, Alicia has had to overcome her fair share of struggles. And as I've become a mother myself this year in 2020, I'm becoming more and more interested about how to find this ever-elusive balance. Balance between real estate and family life, being a mother, being a wife, being a business owner. It all feels overwhelming to me as a new mom who's just trying to figure it all out. So I was really excited to hear Alicia's perspective on the matter. In this discussion, we cover quite a bit. We go through how Alicia got started in the business and became a top producer in her market. She shares how she has overcome addictions that have impacted her family life, how she stays centered with her values, and finds balance between closing dozens of deals a month while being present. And she shares her goals for 2021 and so much more. I hope you love this discussion. I had a great time chatting with Alicia, and I think that you are really going to enjoy it. So let's get to it. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. 
Welcome back to the Market Authority Show. Today, I am joined by my dear friend, Alicia Simpkins from Chico, California. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yes, it's my honor. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really excited to chat with you. I have been watching you and your story develop from afar. And we actually got connected earlier this year. Um, and, and it's been really kind of fun to watch um, all of your, your storytelling and all of the wonderful things that you have to share on Instagram. And one thing that I really wanted to kind of showcase and, and bring you here onto the show is um, kind of your approach to growing your business while also being a busy mom with a family. And I think that that's something that a lot of real estate agents can um, kind of resonate with. And I know I can for sure. Um, so I'm really excited about hearing more about your story and kind of how you make it all work in this day and age. So for those in my audience who are not yet acquainted with you, would you mind just sharing a little introduction about yourself and telling us what we need to know about the beginning of your journey? Yes. So I've been in real estate um, about 14 years. I was a paralegal for a federal law firm before I jumped in and I realized that I was really good at um at doing a good job going through contracts and settling cases for my attorney. And I wanted to get into something that was a little bit more rewarding for me. Um, I grew up extremely poor and grew up with a family who never graduated high school, went to college, um, had a career, was successful. So it was really important to me to find my niche and be a very successful mom and wife and business owner. So I got into real estate and um, struggled for a really long time, struggled with being a mom, struggled with being a wife, struggled with being a realtor. And it wasn't until I think I hit rock bottom before I started to figure things out. And every day I still fail, but I'm proud to say that I fail forward and I fail fast. So I've definitely um, learned things throughout the last 14 years that have caused me to be a top producing agent while still maintaining my presence at home. Got it. So can you tell me a little bit about what rock bottom meant to you and um, as much as you're willing to share because there have been times in my career particularly in a year as difficult as 2020 where i have felt like i've hit rock bottom like the crying on the bathroom floor <laughs> moments that that never make it to instagram but that i think most of us will experience at some point yeah well real estate's beautiful because there's, there's no hours, right? And it's beautiful because there's no hours, meaning you get to build your schedule. However, there's no hours. So people expect you to answer at seven at night or on weekends. And it's hard to find that balance, to create that balance and to stick with that balance, right? Because there's constantly months where you go, but gosh, this is $15,000. Like I'm just going to do it. And that just going to do it attitude starts to happen all the time. And then you, you check yourself and you look at your calendar and you're like, wow, like I tell myself that I have days off yet I'm checking emails, right. Or I'm returning that one phone call, or I do have that one client who you try to make an exception for. And that one client turns into five clients that you're making exceptions for where you're 
just telling your kids, I mean, th- this thing right here that I'm doing, like, it'll just be a minute or Shh, mom's on the phone. Like that overwhelmed my life and it took over. And I, I've recently, which I I've shared with you a little bit. Um, I've recently created a course that was called how to build an empire without your kids hating you because it's important for me to share with other moms or dads that it's possible to be a present parent and spouse and still have the desire and ability to run a a million dollar business, right? Um, Rock bottom to me looked like almost divorce. It looked like my kids hating me. It looked like um, being a borderline alcoholic and realizing that my only success in life was the amount of, of real estate transactions that I could put together. And it quickly became apparent that why work so hard if I don't have a life worth living, right? And so for me, it was just having to go back to the drawing board and saying something is wrong. You know, in my course that I teach, there's a, there's a moment that, I share with people um, and it makes me cry every time I talk about it. And you'd think like the more that I prep for my class and the more that I do it, I I would just become numb to the material. But um, when I realized that my family was falling apart, I turned to alcohol and it was easier for me to numb myself and not, not have to pay attention to my family falling apart. Right. Um, Because I was numb. And there was a time that my, my son, who's now 21, he'll be 22 in January, but who's 21, um, was taking pills and I didn't even notice. Like he had turned to pills and I was so focused on work and alcohol that I didn't even notice that he was taking pills. So that was one of my like rock bottom moments where I just said, I came from a life that I promised myself my children would never know again. I was homeless. I lived in a car. I was a teen mom. I had parents who never showed up to any of my sports events. I got great, uh, beautiful awards and great grades in school because it was the only time that I was recognized. Like we didn't, not only did we have, we're super poor, but we had no values. <laughs> so, you know, you hear those people who grew up and like, yeah, we were really poor, but my mom tried their best or, you know, they provided a beautiful, happy life for us. And it was like, yeah, no, we didn't have any of that. So the life that I promised my family or myself that I would never create for my family I was probably a bottle away from creating that life, right? That I was trying so hard not to create by, by having a, a massively broken family. So I thank goodness that was rock bottom. And I told myself, I know what rock bottom is, just like I know what it's like to have no power and no water and no food being a child that I'll never go back there. So I don't know if that, I talk an awful lot when I get going on my story. So I apologize if I'm a little bit off topic. I, you know what, it's so, it's very real and authentic to your story. And that's one of the reasons why um, I, I feel like we instantly kind of connected Um, because I come from a very similar background. Bryce and I both do, Uh, my husband and I both do. And, you know, it's, it's easy when you are looking 
at another agent or any other professional and you're seeing the accolades and you're seeing the top producing status and you're seeing the sales and you're seeing like the highlight reel of social media, all the things that we want to like express as, you know, showing us as a success. But when there is that internal battle and the behind the scenes things that are going on, like that is the stuff that I wish other professionals felt more comfortable sharing because for those who don't have a voice who are dealing with those, that's when things become extremely problematic. So I'm really, I'm, I love that you share your story with such rawness because there's a lot of people who need to hear that. Um, and I think that it's a good point too, you know, in, in real estate, the alcohol can become an issue very quickly. It's a very social industry. If you want to go and have yourself a good happy hour, it's as simple as pulling up the events tab on Facebook to see who in, who in the industry is holding, you know, a boozy broker open or some other event. And so I think that that's something that um, a lot of agents can, can resonate with for sure. Um, so what were those first steps when you recognize like, you know what, there are problems around me. I need to figure this out. Like, what do you do when you find yourself in that place? I think like for me, what I did is my son who I've been sober now for, it was August, 2017. So it's been almost three and a half years and it, thank you. It affected him more than it affected me. And I, I say that probably not truthfully, but it's easy for me to ignore my problem. Right. But it's not fair for him to have to put up with that. So knowing how much it was affecting my son and my husband, I mean, there was, there was a time right before I realized I had a problem because people would say, well, do you wake up drinking? Like, do you wake up in the middle of the night and get a drink? And I'm like, no. And they go, then you're not an alcoholic. But my counselor taught me, you have a drinking problem when the drinking's causing problems. And that statement changed my world. I was like, I, I have a drinking problem. Like I went home one night, I looked, always looked forward in this time in my life of grabbing that uh, glass of wine or knowing that there was a beer in my fridge or the vodka, right. That I could make a drink. Like when I was on my way home, it wasn't, I get to hug my kids or, Oh, I get to kiss my husband. It was, yes, I get to pour that glass of wine. Right. Like that's what I started looking forward to. Um, and my husband at one point, um, I sat on the couch, I was drinking, I'm sure at an event, you know, went home and started drinking more and my kids said something, I must have flipped out at them. I wake up the next morning and my husband had this crushed look on his face. And I remember saying, what's wrong? And he goes, do you remember what you said to, you, to our daughters last night? And so that was number one, right? Number two was my son being crushed. And I, we went to Mexico, we left on a Friday, we met this great family. I share this story more like the, the bigger story in my class, but Long story short of that is I met this guy there who told me about his drinking problem. And I finally got brave enough to ask him how he knew he had a problem. And he shared his story with me. And there were so many similarities with him than, than with my story that the next day, that was a Sunday night. The next day on a Monday, I was in the pool with my son and I looked at him and I said, starting tomorrow, mom, and I had a drink in my hand, of course, but I had to give myself, I know myself and I had to like go out with a bang kind of a thing. It was dumb, but I did. Um, I looked at my son and I said, starting tomorrow, mom is never drinking again. And he went, yeah, right, mom. And I said, no, 
I promise, like I'm never drinking again. And I knew that even if I wanted to break a promise to myself, I couldn't break the promise I made to him. I owed him so much more than just an empty promise to myself. Right. So that's how I, and I'm sure other people can say, you know, that this is how they did it, or this is how they did it, but that's how I did it. I knew that if I promised it to my son who I had at 17 years old, and one of my main goals in life was to be the best mom, a mom that I never had myself. And I knew that that was my first step to becoming the mom and wife and business owner that I needed. And since that day, which my son even said, but mom, when I turned 21, like really? And I went, no, like, because when you know that you're, you have an addiction problem, when you know that there's certain things in your life that you can't just do, like I would go to the bars, I would go to dinner with my husband and he would have a beer and, and we would be done with eating. So we'd get ready to leave the restaurant and he'd have a half of a beer. And I remember looking at him and going, aren't you going to finish? And he'd go, no, I'm good. Like I wasn't like that. I couldn't just have one glass or I couldn't have a half of a glass and leave wine or beer or a vodka drink. Like that was never me. And so when you know yourself and when you know you have an addiction problem or an, an addictive personality, which is what I had, you have to, you can't just have one drink later or start again, you know, and say, well, maybe it's different this time. Like when you know you have an addictive personality, that is, that's your first sign of just acknowledging I'm not like you. Like I don't, you know, and, and people who don't have an addictive personality, they have, they have no idea. Like it is impossible to have one drink. It's impossible to say, I'll just drink on the weekends. Like you have to respect people who have a problem because you know, and you just have to thank God that you weren't created that way. Like, you know, and it, it's, it's like that with gambling people, right? Like, thank God my mom grew up a gambling addict. And for me, it's the, it's the one thing that when people want to go play black, blackjack, I'm like, it's not fun for me. Like, number one, I work too hard for my money. There's no way I'm giving it to a freaking casino, you know, but number two, it brings up these memories for me that are like, no, nope, don't need to. Like, I've got my own, I shop at Nordstrom's like an awful lot and I shouldn't, and I buy Louis Vuitton purses and, you know, I have my, my ways that I spend that other people would think they're crazy, you know, but when you have an addictive personality, you have to respect that there's just certain things that you can't do, you know? So I don't even remember your question, Steph. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, no, that was a really important part of it. Um, so, so the question was like, how did you face the fact that there was a problem and what did you do to kind of start crawling yourself, your way out of it? And I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is like, you identified that you have an ad addictive personality, which I would argue that we've all got our brand of addiction. You know, we're either addicted to a substance or a behavior or other people's toxicity or, you know, our own feelings of busyness, whatever that looks like. I think that, you know, all of us can, can definitely resonate with, with those aspects of our own behaviors and our own self-sabotage. Um, and kind of to your point earlier, when we are steering our own ship, right? When we're running our own business, we can give ourselves a lot of leeway to feed into those behaviors. So, so you, you overcome that, which is absolutely incredible. And I want to acknowledge you for that because that is something that I've been very close to just 
flat out saying like no more to the booze. It does not serve me. Um, and <laughs> maybe one day I'll get there. Um, I would hate to have to get to the point where I'd have to make that decision. Um, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but I think that it's a, it's a very, it's addictive for a reason, right? It's a very common problem that a lot of people have. So I acknowledge you and the strength that it must have taken to do that. And three years later, here you are. Um, what else did you do? So that sounds like a lot of that was the personal reconstruction. What did you do to get a handle and to get back control of the business? Um, because it sounds like you were probably in a very reactive state with your business as well. You know, Business is probably the one thing like I've, I have always been really good at making money. I realized that it was easier for me and that was one place that I didn't ever, I, I definitely sabotaged my relationships with my team, right? And I would become reactive and um, those sorts of things. But business wasn't something that I necessarily needed to figure out how to get back on track. I needed to figure out how to become the leader that I knew I could be. And that was where my business kind of shifted. Um, in the last five, six, maybe seven years, I've closed a minimum of 70 deals. I've done 97 deals, 102 deals, and I didn't enjoy my life, right? So I needed to figure out like, where was that balance this year by myself? I should do probably 85. And I'm like, you know, I didn't, my goal was 75. And that's where I know I can do that working eight to five, Monday through Friday. Not easy because I don't want to say success is easy for me, but I got in the business when the market crashed. And so I've only known how to lead generate and how to put systems in place and how to show up. You know, I'm not, I walk through my office at 7.45 or 8 a.m. And there's two other agents here. And I'm like, we have 75 agents in our office. And granted, it's uh, most people right now are working from home, but I mean, pre-quarantine, right. right? Like, I mean, when we didn't have this COVID thing that was causing a lot of people from work from home and being a, a homeschool parent and bless those people, my husband kind of takes the lead on those kind of things. So I don't have to worry about that as much. But um, I think where business got better was I decided, you know, there's a quote out there that says, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And I kept thinking to myself, I have an awful lot of, of um, preconceived limitations for being an agent, whether it's you have to return calls at night, you have to work on the weekends, right? And as mm -hmm. soon as I just put down my hard limits of I won't do this and I won't do this for my family. It became easier for me to run a business like a business. You know, you, I, people would say this at Keller Williams all the time. They would say, do you call your doctor on the weekends and does your doctor answer? And then the normal agent would say, no, but that's, it's not the same. Well, it's not the same because he could easily go in on the weekends and check his voicemail, but they don't, you know, and the minute that you, become that leader, right? Where it's like, I don't have limitations and it doesn't, you know, my, my, I have to work in order to fund this life for my family. Well, kind of bull, like yes and no. But if you tell your clients, Hey, I stop returning calls at 6 PM or I, you know, you, you just don't answer the phone on the weekends, right? It, it becomes what the norm is. And if someone calls another agent, I had to learn that it was 
okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So let me just unpack a little bit of that. So you have always, how, what do you do? I, I actually, hang on. Let me just like go all the way back because that's an incredible year in 2020. You're going to do 85 deals. Sorry. Did you see that train of thought? I was like, wait, got to go all the way back. 85 deals in 2020 is like super impressive. That's impressive in any year. Right. But for a single agent with some support, right. You have a little bit of a support, a team of support behind you, but like, you're not one of these powerhouse agents with like, you know, 10, 20 buyers agents under you and you're just sharing, you know, on the MLS, like you are self-generating so much of this business and closing it on your own. Where is all of that coming from and how have you been able to maintain that while keeping true to the promises that you made yourself to honor your family and honor that time with them? I have a lot of I just had to do my business planning. So I know all of my numbers actually, but, um, I don't like, like, I love recognition, but when it actually happens, I'm like, Oh, stop, like, stop it. Like, it's okay. So part of me wants to say it's just because I've been in the business for so long. And when you are a constant producer, your phone just kind of rings. I think if I had to be a little bit more like, okay, fine. Like, I do work, you know, I, I do like deserve some of the credit is because I do show up every day, right? I have these systems in place, whether it's something that I, I mean, I remember when I got to reach out to you in March, I think, and you answered the phone. I remember going, Stephanie, and actually I called Bryce because that was the number I found. And I'm like, does Stephanie like take calls? And he's like, yeah, here's her number. And then I called you and either you answered or you called back. And I just remember going, I feel like you're like a superstar. Like I can't believe you're answering for me. And so it was, it was a funny thing because looking at, you know, one thing I wanted to get better at, which you know, this is sharing the stories of my clients. Right. And that was something that you did very well, that I was excited to continue with a lot of those things that you know, would, would help increase my business because I am a big database person. I do get a lot of referrals. Um, but most of the referrals that I get are from my past clients or database, right? And they just call me and say, Hey, so-and-so said that you just sold him a house and I'm looking to sell or I'm looking to buy. Um, so that's where a lot of my business comes from. And we do a 33 touch, but I'm like you, which you made me feel better and said, Hey, no one really does that at a high level anymore on like, emails and, and postcards and those kind of things. So we've transitioned this year to be much more social media heavy, you know, from my um, stat videos that I do every single week to, um, I, my, like God didn't create me to be a realtor. He created me to be a realtor because I'm, I love it and I'm amazing at it, but it's my path to get to becoming a public speaker. You know, I yeah. truly believe like I have dreams and I wake up sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I made it. And I'm like, oh yeah, no one is doing the slow clap for you. Like, yeah, you know, but, but they will, like, I love Rachel Hollis and I go watch Rachel Hollis. And as you know, I was lucky enough, which I keep like slapping myself going, why did Trent Shelton say, yeah, like, why did he speak for me at our team meeting? Like, this is crazy. But I just had Jay Papazan who wrote the one thing 
agree to to me last week in our front of our team meeting. And I remember giving him a hard time at the beginning and saying, Jay, like, I kind of feel like we're friends now. And he goes, Alicia, like, there's not many people who have my cell phone number and get to text me on a regular basis. Like we are absolutely buddies. And I was just like, okay, okay. You know, so it's just a lot of, I do a lot of the things like anytime something makes me feel uncomfortable, I say yes to it. Like, because I know that there's not, if they say that if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Like I am so passionate about self-growth and being the next Rachel Hollis, right? And sharing my story and being okay with people feeling bad of my vulnerability. Like there's people out there that are just like, I'd never share that. Like she should feel dumb or I can't believe she's doing that. And I love those people. Like, like those people are my friends because it's like one day, like one day you'll get it and you'll be able to see how freeing it is to be vulnerable and to be that person on stage. Who's like, I almost got a divorce like twice. And my kids, Hey, I think one of my kids still hates me. Like, you know, but like, I know that I'm hopefully in like, I'm impacting somebody right at any given time. Like whether, whether I do a video that might not be super popular, I get at least one person reaching out per video, which I know it'll be like 50 at one point reaching out, but there's somebody who reaches out every time who says, well, I want to, I want to ask you about that because like, number one, you have been extraordinarily consistent in showing up on social media. Okay. And, and I was actually just looking at your, your Instagram, um, cause I see your posts and stuff, but I was, I just took us, took us moment earlier before we hopped on to just take a look and see like what's new and stuff. And like, sure enough, like boom, 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 there's Alicia doing your thing and you're doing video in your feed, which I love because so many agents are afraid to do that. And it's so powerful, but you have a great audience. You do not have like the 10, 20,000 followers. You're not getting the hundreds of thousands of, of views on your videos. How do you overcome that because a lot of agents will look at that and be like, well, I only got 15 views. So who cares? Like nobody saw it anyways. And what's funny to me is nobody would ever speak about your database that way. Nobody would ever say, Oh, Alicia, you only got 200 views on your video or Alicia, you only spoke to 200 people in your database today. Why are you wasting your time? Like we don't talk that way. So I don't understand why people think it's any different in the social media environment. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel that too? I, I have to tell you like, it's easy for me to do my stats video because that is real stats that I'm just sharing. Right. Mm -hmm. It is so hard for me. Like every week I go, I I self-sabotage. You're not good enough. No one's going to want to hear your message this time. You're only going to have 250 views, like maybe 175 people will see it. But I, I need to stop saying, but yet I believe in the process right? I believe in the journey and I listen to Trent Shelton all the time. And he speaks volumes on most 80, 90, I was going to say 70, then 75, then 80, probably 90, probably 95% of people give up because of the fear of failure on social media. Like, yes, 200 people saw my video, but it's 200 people and maybe 10 people that it impacted. Right. And I'm not going to start and get a hundred thousand views. Like that's not going to be the likelihood of, of a successful journey. Well, and what would it look like if you spent four hours at an open house? You're never going to speak to 200 people and maybe get 
you know, 10 solid buyer leads, even in four hours in an open house. The fact that you can still accomplish that even in a video that you're putting on your feed in a matter of minutes to me says everything like the numbers don't care anymore. As long as you are providing value, sharing something that you know, your audience wants to hear, and then you're seeing results from it because you're still getting people reaching out in, in response to it. Yeah. Well, and if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Yeah. It takes that small percentage of people that ha that are brave and are vulnerable and who don't let those small things get you down, right? I mean, you look at everybody like Rachel Hollis, right? She, Girl, Wash Your Face was not her first book, yet people right. think she was an overnight success. Like it, she wrote, I think, 10 books before that one. Trent Shelton, he, he doesn't have hundreds of thousands of followers overnight. Like it took him eight years or whatever and a failed football career, right? And all of these things, like if it, if success was easy and everybody did it, I would really be this small, but yet I have an opportunity to be seen by so many people and to earn. If, if I became an overnight success, I wouldn't really believe in the journey, right? I wouldn't keep, have this idea that like I have a, something written on my board and I should have it memorized. Um, when the reward is great enough, the struggle will never be strong enough. Right. And that was a Trent Shelton quote. It's true. Like anything worth going after is not an easy road. And I just finished the one thing. It was my, I think 15th book that I've read this year, but this is Jay Papazan and Gary Keller's book. Right. And in here it says the journey has road construction. Like, you are, you know, and if you expect that, right, if I expect that there's going to be so many videos or most of my videos right now are only going to get 250, 300 views, it's okay. It's when you have these expectations that knock you down, right? That's like, so I think for me, consistency is the only thing that I have control over right now. It's not the number of views. Yes, it may be the material I put out there, but if I constantly don't think my material is good enough, you would just see me fade away, right? And I would just go back to like my stat videos and I wouldn't be okay being vulnerable. And, you know, and the other thing though that I do is I don't, I do not go on my social media and look at my views. If I accidentally do because someone, I get a notification that someone you know, comments on it and I don't want to just leave them there. So I go on it and I'll see like, oh my gosh, it's up to 275 views. And some people might think that's like, oh, that's sad. I would love to get 1500 views or 2000 views. Like, and one day I will, you know, but I try not to go into that whole social media thing where it allows me to beat myself up. No, I agree. And you know, it's so funny because so many people want to say like, don't play the comparison game. And I argue it's really not comparing ourselves against other people that gets us in trouble. It's comparing ourselves against the idea of who we should be yeah. before we get there. That's where the real trouble comes. And I think that you're right on in terms of just like sticking to the path because it's the journey, you know, um, it's, it's never the outcome that, that matters as much as the journey. Um, so, so what do you see for next year? Like, what's the plan for 2021? What are you hoping for? What are your big goals? Like what's, what's the, the journey leading you to in, in next year? 
Yeah. So I have um, two different plans. Like I have my business plan of how many homes I have to sell and where we need to get our team up to. And then I have my personal goal, right? And my, my business goals are going to fund my personal goals, right? And my personal goals, they're not, which I do have these financial goals too, right? Buying, I'm in escrow on another property for myself again right now, but it's not so much that it's more life goals. Like I want to teach the class that I wrote 12 times. I want to teach in front of people, um, classes six times. I want to be on five podcasts. You know, I want to start my own podcast. Um, and I just, I want to give back to kids who didn't think, who don't think that they have an opportunity to be something better. So that's what my personal goals look like. And I know how much passive income I need to be able to step away in five years and go and do that at a very high level. So for that, does that look like a, like an autonomous team producing for you and or like investment properties or what With is Apple, I, I do give a big chunk of my income each year to my financial advisor who puts things away for me in whether it's the stock market or just other investment opportunities. And then I own six doors. Um, a fourplex and two single family homes and then our own primary residence. Um, so I'm constantly looking at making that portfolio. I really, again, this is probably my, my drunk monkey, but I don't want to own more than like 20 properties because I don't want that to take up any more of my husband's time because we do manage our own properties. Um, but then it's, it, it is creating a team. And when you build a team and it falls apart, you have this false perception of it is too hard and mm-hmm. you don't want to do it. But what, and what I realized is when I could continue to work on myself and be the leader that I know I can be, I'm going to be more like a Rachel Hollis or a Trent Shelton or a Jay Papazan or a Gary Keller that attracts the right people to our team that want to stay, not because the splits, right? Not because the leads are great. It's because they're part of something where they feel complete. You know, they're part of, and those are just the people I'm going to attract. Like, I don't want them to ask me, how many leads are you going to get or give me or how many, like that is not, I would gladly meet with them and then point them in another team's direction. I We're going to create such a cool vibe on our team, like a growth vibe, a how can we make your life happen mm-hmm. the best we can, that we're going to attract the right people um, to make sure that we have 10% market share by year five. And 10% market share in our area is 256 deals. And I think that would make a very small team very powerful and to give them all a life worth living. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I love that. I, you and I are, are so on the same page with so many of our ideals and values. And it's so exciting to chat with somebody who has like reached the level of like, you know, success and accomplishment that you have, um, doing it a way that like not many people think it can be done. So I really admire that about you. And I think that that is so cool. Um, if we could leave with one last question, 
what is one piece of advice that you would give to either yourself five years ago or maybe just another agent who is kind of at the bottom of that hill? They're still struggling with their own issues of like self-sabotage or maybe they haven't even been able to like really step into their own um, in their real estate business. What is the one thing that you would tell that agent? I would tell them a few things. I would one, tell them, which most people say is find your why. And Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people really even know what that is. So I would say really dig deep in your why. And when you say, okay, well, it's, I want to make 300,000. Okay. Why? Like, what is it that's really going to fill you up? What is it that you picture being in five or 10 or 15 years? Right. So I would identify that first. Um, Second, I would say, stay off of social media, like because of comparison, right? Do your thing on social media when it comes to do advertising your properties or doing some videos that you want. But remember that you're comparing your behind the, behind the scenes to their highlight reel. And I think doing that and looking at these top producers and going in and seeing these agents who, oh, yay, Alicia closed seven deals again this week. And it's like, I can never be that good, right? So compare yourself to your very best self, right? And just be better tomorrow than you were today. And I think that, and go back to the basics, you know, don't try to do too many things. Do one thing really well. Um, That's what I would probably say. I love it. Okay. So where can people find you to learn more about you and hear more of your story, Alicia? I'm either on Facebook, which is Alicia Simpkins, and that's A-L-I-S-H-A as the first name. And then Instagram is at Alicia Simpkins. Awesome. Okay. And I'll have those links below in the show notes. You guys definitely check out Alicia. She has a lot of wonderful things to share and you are going to be so glad that you did. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Alicia. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.